the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Get ready for the 2020 Bible Challenge. It's not like any Bible challenge we have done before. Our goal is to help you dig in and grab a hold of the foundational truths of our faith. So we have broken the year up into sections according to topic. From salvation and stewardship to forgiveness, baptism, and more. We will dive into the scriptures that cover more than 25 subjects. Visit gracebiblechallenge.com. That's gracebiblechallenge.com to sign up and join the 2020 Bible Challenge. Go beyond just reading. Strengthen your knowledge and deepen your understanding of God's Word with in-depth studies on what the Bible says about these essential spiritual truths. To sign up and join the 2020 Bible Challenge, go to gracebiblechallenge.com today. That's gracebiblechallenge.com and get ready to grow in God's Word. We are excited to announce the Live Big television broadcast is back on BET on Sundays at 7 a.m. There are a few other changes, so visit DerekGreer.com to view the full broadcast schedule and much more. Welcome to Live Big with Dr. Derek Greer. We're glad you decided to join us today. Remember, you can get access to this message and a full library of teaching from Dr. Greer at gracechurchva.org. As we dive deep into the Word of God, we believe that it changes us and empowers us to think big, do big, and live big. This type of living will not only impact our lives, but will inevitably bless others. So our hope is that this broadcast inspires you to live big. Here's Dr. Greer. Genesis 18.1, let's get right into the Word. Then the Lord appeared to him by the terebinth trees. When God calls a person to do something he's never done before, or things that God knows will cause great opposition or a great trial of faith, God tends to show up in remarkable ways to give that person unique and special confidence. And this was the case with Abraham. And as Abram was sitting in the tent door, the front flap of the tent was open. It was tied to a pole. And actually, Abraham sitting there was equivalent to to many of us sitting on our front porch and saying hello to our neighbors and and talking about our neighbors and, 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 you know, uh, watching folks and and all the rest. He was sitting in the, the door of his tent. The Bible says it was in the heat of the day, which meant he had just had his afternoon meal He had slowed down to digest it a little bit, and um, uh, he was just relaxing. In verse 2, so he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold. The language in the English is not as clear, at least in the translation here. 
But in the original language where you see the word behold, it, it indicates a level of surprise. So there he is watching everybody, you know, watching the neighbor's kids play and, and all the rest. And just wham out of nowhere, the three guys show up in front of him. It says three men were standing directly in front of him. Now, in this time uh, in history, there are no hotels. And even now, in many parts of the desert, there, there, there aren't many uh, public accommodations. So travelers, uh, quite regularly, they had to rely on the hospitality of the nomads in order uh, to get their needs met and uh, uh, get helped along their way. The Bible says, and when he saw them, it was good manners to help such travelers and you know, you, you do unto others as you would have uh, them do to you. So, you know, also the, this custom was designed to, you know, when people were hungry and in need, uh, it could force them to have to attack you. So the custom was designed to, to make friends before folks become enemies. So there was a lot of wisdom in this, this, this custom here. But we're about to discover Abraham went far beyond the call of duty. It says here, he ran. Now, in Middle Eastern culture, a respected older man was not to ever run. But we see 99-year-old Abraham still had the vigor and enthusiasm of a young man. And when I grow up, I want to be just like Abraham. How about you? It says, he ran from the tent door to meet them. And then he bowed himself to the ground. How many of you at 99 would like to be able to bow all the way down to the ground and your back not hurt? Yeah. Worshiping God makes a difference in your life. But what I want you to notice here is that not only was Abraham much older, by this time Abraham had over a thousand people under his direction. Remember, he went to war. He had 387 or 317. There was a seven and a three in there, but there was a lot of trained men. And wherever you had soldiers, you know you had wives and you know you had children. So, of course, he had at least a thousand, could have been several thousand. He had all types of herds, you know, multitude of, uh, of cattle. But Scripture says here, he didn't meet these folks with, with, with an attitude, well, do you know who I am? That, that was not his approach. His attitude was, what can I do for you? And many people, you just get a little bit. I mean, you just get a little raise on your job. All of a sudden, everybody's supposed to salute you. Everybody's supposed to honor you. Everybody's supposed to know your name. But Abraham was one of the wealthiest men in the Middle East. But I want you to notice his attitude. He bowed down and showed tremendous respect to people he didn't even know. And he certainly didn't know anything to. And then he said, my what? Lord. Now, initially, Abraham did not know that he was talking to God, yet he addressed these visitors like they were the most important people in the whole world. And if you're going to be successful in life, it's vital that you learn to put a tent on everybody's head. Treat people like they matter. And this was the case with Father Abraham. <laughs> Hebrews 13, 2. The New Testament gives a, an inspired uh, commentary on these points here. And it says, do not forget to entertain what or who? Strangers. 
You know, I know a lot of folks that get preoccupied with the deep things of the faith. You know, like, who's the Antichrist? You know, uh, when, when, when is Jesus going to return? Is it going to be in, in 1988 or 1983? You know, when was the most recent? It was 2000-something. It was supposed to be on a certain Sunday. What was the date? Okay, but the date came and, and has gone. <laughs> the point is, though, some people get so deep that they overlook the obvious, like being kind to people. You know, people fighting over, you know, is it pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib, don't talk to each other anymore, Matt, and all the rest, but you're as mean as a rattlesnake. I mean, you, you, you think you got your doctrine right, but if you can't be kind, I think you missed the whole boat. How many think that? Yeah, that might be true. And he said, for by doing so, some have unwittingly, and this speaks to what happened with Abraham. Abraham did not initially know who these three men were. All Abraham was doing was being good people. He, he, he wasn't trying to get anything from God. He, wasn't, he was just being a good person. And by being a kind and good person, he ended up entertaining two angels and the pre-incarnate Christ himself. For by doing so, some have unwittingly entertained who or what? Angels. It's amazing this, the, the, the opportunities that God can present to us, not if we just pray in tongues, not if we just, I mean, all those things, not fast, yeah, do all those things, but imagine if we just be friendly. All Abraham did was be friendly. You see, what I've learned about God is he tends to wrap some of my greatest opportunities in people. And often the people that don't look like my type of people. People who it doesn't seem like I have time for. You know, God wraps the greatest opportunities in two legs, two hands, and two feet. And we get so preoccupied with ourselves sometimes. We miss the blessing that could be ours. You know, I know some folks that, you know, they had a vision, they had a dream, and maybe God gave them some type of powerful prophetic word. And I watch what happens to them. You never want to get so anointed that you forget to be nice. You never want to get so powerful in God. You can't be kind. Abraham had several visitations from God himself. But he still honors people and treats them like they matter. Genesis 18 and 3. Now, Lord, if I have now found favor in your sight, do not pass by. Now, Lord means Mr. or Madam. It's, it was that, that's the language here. Do not pass on by your servant. All Abraham was doing here was looking for an opportunity to serve. You know, true leadership is not measured by how many people serve you, but how many people you serve. And Abraham here was a true leader. He said, please let a little, now he kind of begged for the opportunity of service. Now here, I got to beg you to serve, but, but Abraham begged yeah, for an opportunity to serve. He said, please let a little water be brought to wash your feet. Now this was ordinary in Bedouin hospitality. Foot washing not only cleaned feet, Foot washing also cleaned the animal waste that was in the road. You know, they traveled on animals that would get on the feet. But it also lowered the body temperature in the hot desert. 
And we want to be the type of people. Some people are going to hate us no matter what we do. How many of y'all know that's true? But as much as it depends on me, I want to be able to bring the temperature down. I, I, I want to, you know, I want to, I want to be a peacemaker as much as I can. Without compromise, I'm going to tell you the truth. But, but I, don't, I don't want the drama and as much as I can. I want to bless you, add to you, and I want there to be sweet fellowship and peace. This was the attitude of Abraham. And he said, and rest yourselves under the tree. Maya Angelou once said, people may forget what you said, but they won't forget how you made them feel. And that's powerful. You today might forget everything I said. But my hope is when you came through those doors, you felt welcome. My hope is when you came through these doors, you felt God. My, my hope is that, 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 you know, if your mind forgets, your heart reminds. That there was a place that received you, that loved you, wanted to bless you. You hear what I'm saying? People will forget at times what you said. But they won't forget how you made them feel. And then he said, and I will bring a little morsel of bread that you might refresh your hearts. Now, what Abraham does here is both an important life skill and business skill that all of us have to learn. Abraham under-promised, but over-delivered. You know, my goal in life is to have less thunder in my mouth and more lightning in my hand. And Abraham was that type of guy. I meet so many people that you think they can walk on water, but they can't even stand up in the shower. You hear what I'm saying? They can't even take the, the slightest little bit. And many times we overtalk and, and we, 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 we proclaim things that, that, that aren't true, but not Abraham. Abraham had a humility about him that really did not match his natural circumstances. And may that be the testimony of each person in this room. He said, after you pass by, inasmuch as you have come to your what? Servant. He can still calls himself servant. He considers himself what? A servant. You know, it's not as hard to be humble when you're poor, but the real test is to stay humble when you're rich. And Abraham proved himself trustworthy. And when he got a little money in his pocket, it didn't go to his head. He kept loving on people. He saw people as, as opportunities and not burdens. And they said, all I want from you, Abraham, is do as you have said. All the world wants from us is for us to practice what we preach. And said, so Abraham hurried. The New Living Translation says he ran. You know, many have learned to run to God. How many know that's a good thing? When you're in trouble, what should you do? Run to God. But too few of us have learned to run for God. And we might have done it for a moment when we first met him and when everything was new. But as time went by and things started to get old, all of a sudden some of the luster was lost. And who we used to run to, we kind of just walked to and, and all the rest. And, and the fervor and the excitement no longer exists. But here we have a man who had served the Lord for 24 years. He met the, the Lord, gave him a promise at 75. And at 99, he's still running for God. And may that be my testimony. May that be your testimony that we never lose our zeal and our fervor for the things of God. So he hurried into the tent and said, 
Quickly make ready three measures, which was about 20 pounds of meal. Now, remember he said, I just want to give you a little morsel. But he tells mama to put 20 pounds. And then not just of any meal. The Bible says of what? Fine meal. Abraham not only did more than he promised, he gave God his very best, his very finest. Then he said he needed it and made cakes. Abraham had to first work on his raw ingredients. He had to work with those ingredients before, it could, before the public could consume it. And you know, when I first entered the ministry some years ago, it was just a couple years ago, uh, <laughs> a lot of raw talent, but that was part of my problem. Like a chef, I had to learn to taste my words before I spit them out. I remember a friend telling me a long time ago, he said, it was, it was a she actually said, keep your words sweet because you might have to eat them. <laughs> and, and, and what he had to do, he had to work with the raw ingredients before he presented it. And some of us say, well, I'm just keeping it 100, but you, 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 you know, that's your problem. You, you, you're 100% wrong. You just don't eat flour. <laughs> You, you got to work it. No, that, that, and, and you almost say that proudly. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just keeping it real. You're just keeping it real dumb. You're just keeping it real messed up. You're just keeping it, you know, real rough. Real, yeah, yeah. You got to work what you got before you present it sometimes. You know, everything, you know, you, you know I mean, who would like to marry a person that, that oh boy, why did I do that? Uh... <laughs> I guess I got to keep it 100, right? <laughs> but, but imagine marrying someone that didn't brush their teeth. Well, I'm just trying to be real. I'm just keeping it real. I'm just trying to be me. I just want you to know the real me. No, that's real trifling. Brush your teeth. Sometimes it takes a little work. We got to develop ourselves. To present things the way they should be presented. Amen? All right. And Abraham ran. Again, this is 99-year-old Abraham. I want this type of testimony in my life. He ran to the herd, took a tender and a good calf. Again, nothing but the best for his visitors. And in fact, he's about to discover it's God. And in that culture, meat was very, very rare. But he doesn't just give them a meal. He gives them a meat meal. And he gave it to a young man, and he hastened to prepare it. The enthusiasm of the leader impacted the entire staff. Everything rises and falls on leadership. You know, I, forgive me for just sticking on this keeping it real thing, but I, I, a, lot of people, a lot of people don't realize this arrogance. You know, imagine, you know, I have as tough a day and the toughest week as anybody in this room. But imagine if I said, well, I'm just going to keep it real. I'm going to come up here with an attitude. And I'm going to talk to you about all my problems. How is that going to help you? Real leadership is learning to deal with the issues in your life and sometimes putting them aside, getting yourself off your mind for just a few minutes and being concerned with the needs of somebody else. Now, you may be a good Christian. I want you to come here just as you are. But you're not going to be able to lead in this house effectively until you stop wearing your heart on your sleeve. Yeah. 
until you, you know what, say, I could, I could toughen this out. And, and you know what, my, you, what, the way I might make you feel right now is more important than the way I feel. So I'll humble myself to, to smile for you. I'll humble myself to say hello to you. We, we got to have that type of attitude if, if we're going to be a successful house for God. So he took butter and milk and calf, which he had prepared, and he set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree as they ate. Notice that Abraham stood as they sat. At times, if you're going to really lead, you have to be willing to give up your chair for a towel. That's what Jesus did to wash feet. Now, he was there. If anything, they should have bowed at his feet. But here the leader stood, had them sit down, and he took a towel instead of bragging about his titles. And he began to cleanse and the scrub. That's what true leadership is. Have you ever been to a deacon-possessed church? I'm deacon so-and-so. They strut around and... No, man. That title's for you to take a towel. That title's for you to bend down low, get down in the dirt, and to help somebody. Not to puff you up. It's coming out a lot differently than I planned, but it's good for you. Then they said to him, where is Sarah, your wife? You see, at first it appeared like Abraham was just serving people. At first, it appeared that Abraham was just serving mere men. But he was about to discover that he had been honoring God all along. You think you're just smiling at a person. But you may not realize what's inside that person and what you might unlock through that encounter. And what Abraham was about to discover, and what I hope each of us would discover, after we meet the needs of others, God will meet our needs. After he served the people. And if you look at the text, the visitors weren't particularly thankful. They didn't even seem particularly polite. But all Abraham did was, was serve. But after they were done serving. And let me, let me tell you something. The more people criticize and talk about me and I'm doing the right thing, the greater my reward. So when people don't thank you, look up to heaven for great is your reward in heaven. You're just working on your reward. Don't send no ugly email. Don't, don't get mad at everybody because you, you're about to lose your reward. You say, well, Lord, no one else may see, but I know you see. And when you live that way, man... Man, there's a power about it. Then the man said, where is Sarah, your wife? You see, wives were very seldomly introduced to strange men. And you know, you know with Abraham, he's already a little paranoid about Sarah because two kings tried to steal her from him, and, and he knows that the guys liked her. <laughs> it's true. But the point I want to make is the man, even though no introduction, the man not only knew Sarah's name, 
the man knew her deepest need. And he addresses it. But when does he address it? After Abram served the three. You're saying, Lord, I have a need. Lord, do you really know my name? And God said, well, after you serve. After. See, the problem in our culture, it's all about me all the time. And one of the greatest pressures as a pastor right now is to preach little soft messages all the time where you're the hero. It's all about you. It's all about you going to the next level. There's so much pressure because that's what people want. The problem is that's not what the Bible teaches. My Bible says, take up your cross and follow me. Meaning that in your life, there's going to be pain. In your life, there's going to be discomfort. In your life, there's going to be inconvenience. Sometimes in life, everything's not going to go just the way you want. You've been listening to Live Big with Dr. Derek Greer, the radio broadcast ministry of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. It is our sincere prayer that you are blessed and empowered to live big. Listen to this message and much more from Dr. Greer for free at gracechurchva.org. We also invite you to join Dr. Greer and the Grace Church family here in Dumfries, Virginia, not far from Quantico Marine Base. We would love to meet you and have you join us for worship, teaching, and fellowship every Sunday and Wednesday. Get directions, service times, and much more at gracechurchva.org. That's our time for today. Join us weekdays at this time for the teaching ministry of Dr. Derek Greer. And remember, until next time, live big. God wants you to live a life bigger than yourself, inspired by the vision he has for you. Sometimes we get stuck on our journey. We know something needs to change, but we don't know what or how. The question we must ask ourselves is, how do I break free from these limitations? To help you identify where you are on your journey to living big, Dr. Derek Greer has developed an assessment tool to reveal where you're stuck. Based on your individual results, this tool will identify the barriers keeping you from moving forward. Once you complete this free assessment, you'll be able to claim free a copy of Dr. Greer's brand new book, 120 Minutes to Live Big. To get started, visit canilivebig.com today.